Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that movie talk? Well, we have two sneak peeks for you. Now, in this movie talk, we got some pretty big headliners here. Uh, The A of A-lister stars, along with interesting topics, couldn't be more polar opposite. (laughs) So... We are going to first start with a sneak peek that the critic got to see of Dark Waters. Mm -hmm. Mm. Dark Waters. Now, this is coming out the 22nd of November. You can probably see it at most major theaters. It's not not quite the indie, um, but it may not be at every single theater. So you might have to fish around a little bit. It is directed by Todd Haynes. And I was like, who is Todd Haynes? I know that name. You know, Far From Heaven, I'm Not There, Carol. (laughs) And um, other, you know, shows and things on TV he's done. It is written by Matthew Michael Carnahan. He did the earlier draft, which was based on um, Nathaniel Rich's uh, magazine article. But then Mario Correa uh, came in and sort of did his thing with it uh the cast you've got mark ruffalo playing the lead you've got anne hathaway playing his wife you've got tim robbins showing up bill pullman victor garber you know uh bill camp what (laughs) Uh, yeah on and on and on and i'm sure the critic is going to go through this it is i hear sort of Aaron Rockovichy, mm-hmm. but not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as you can tell from what the ref was saying, it's based on a true story. And I'll say an ongoing true story. Mm. We are way back in time. Um, and there are some teenagers. They're going out late at night. They want to have a little skinny dip in the water. You know, so they do this, and there's a boat in the water. They turn on the lights. They say, hey, you kids, get out of here. What are you doing? Okay. And as the teenagers leave, they start dumping this stuff in the water. What in the world is going on? Like, pumping it in there. We shuttle forward many years. And we're introduced to Mark Ruffalo's character, Robert. And Robert is a lawyer, and he is in the environmental space. His firm works for companies in regard to environmental legislation. So he's not out there crusading. He's protecting companies against those kinds of attacks, uh, you know, in, in regard to litigation. But one day, a man shows up at his offices And this man is played by Bill Camp. His name is Wilbur Tennant. And Wilbur is not a man you say no to. 
Wilbur says, hey, I need to speak to Robert. I know his grandmother. She told me to come here. And so Robert is pulled out of a meeting. He comes out and is like, okay, I don't know you. What's going on? He's like, look, I know your grandmother. She said you were a good guy. I need you to take this case. My farm essentially is being destroyed by a certain company, DuPont. Mm. How are they destroying it? All of his animals, the livestock, dying before his eyes. Why? What's going on? What's the culprit? Now, look, Robert's like, um, I'm a lawyer for these companies, not against them. You do know this. Like, this is not what we do here. And so Wilbur leaves him with some evidence, I'll put it that way, that's hard to ignore. Now, Robert at first is really reluctant. He doesn't want to do this. Look, he has a wife at home played by Anne Hathaway, Sarah. This wife is a lawyer herself. She gave that up in order to raise their sons. Okay? So this woman is like, you're going to bring home the bacon. Because I didn't do this for nothing. So there's a tension going on here because the more Robert gets pulled into the case, the more obsessed he becomes, the less he can give attention to his sons and his wife, the less he can do the job he's there to do at his firm. Now, the head of his firm is played by Tim Robbins. And Tom is his name. So Tim's playing Tom. Now, Tom is the kind of boss you wouldn't expect. He doesn't tell Robert not to do this. He's just like, make sure what you're doing is right and make sure that you're not wasting our resources. But there's something to this case. And again, the more that Robert learns, the more he wants to do it. So much so that over years, as they progress, it turns into a class action lawsuit. Yeah, here we go. And people's health, it's on the line. This is life and death, including for Wilbur's family, not just him. It's not just the livestock. Now, is DuPont just gonna say, hey, here's some money, go away? Of course not. Because one of the most iconic inventions from DuPont is at play. And there's a cover-up going on that they can't let us know about. Because this would have an effect, essentially, on the entire planet. That's what's at stake. So in the end, is there a resolution? In the end, can Robert actually get to DuPont? In the end, can these clients get some justice? In the end, can all creatures on planet Earth be protected? Good gracious. Remember, this is ongoing. Hmm. At the end of the movie, they tell you where the case is right now. Oh dear. So I think that's enough because it's good to discover a lot of this movie. The selling point is the story. Um, and you talked about Ref thinking of Aaron Brockovich. You have to compare it. The thing about Aaron Brockovich is there's an opinion. Steven Soderbergh has an opinion on how to do this kind of movie. The actors he casted have an opinion. Mm. These are characters. Julia Roberts, Albert Finney, and so on and so forth. So when you're thinking of Aaron Brockovich that way, do you get that in Dark Waters? No. Now the character here is played by Bill Camp. That man's a character. Dialect, everything else. Bill Camp went for it. 
So that's the one thing there. Now this is based on real people. You can't just, you know, make them characters if they're not. So the question is, what do you do to make this movie stand on its own in this genre? And what Todd uh, Haynes does as director, it's almost like a spotlight kind of thing, ref. It's, It's no preaching and heat and anything like that. It's just, this is what happened and then this and then that. But Spotlight had better editing. If you're going to do that, you really have to be crisp. This wasn't. There is the middle section. Like you get halfway through and then toward the end where it starts to cook. There's a scene with Mark Ruffalo. Because I was watching going, okay, why did you hire Mark for this? Hmm. There's a scene where he has to sit down with Anne Hathaway. Same thing with her. I was like, why is she here? He has to sit down with her and explain what this case is to convince her to be on his side. And would you hear Mark Ruffalo just go through, essentially, this is what happened, and then this, and this, is that. Him doing it? Everything becomes clear. I was drawn in just listening to him tell me what the case was about. Yeah. So you're like, this is why. And then the movie grounds in that moment, and then you start getting event after event, and it piles up. And you realize, because it's true, how devastating this is. I mean, it's really sad. I think that some people really will be uh, disturbed by what they're seeing. They'll be moved by it as well. So the story itself is strong enough that if you're interested in this, you definitely should see it. It's not a bad movie. I just wish that they had edited it a bit, a bit, a bit stronger, just a stronger edit there. Um, but hey, like I said, the story, you gotta know what's going on here. And, and this cast, when they have their moments, they seize it. Uh, it's just, in comparison to Aaron Brockovich, it's not that good, not as good, mm. but it's a worthwhile watch. Now, should you go to the theater to see it? You don't have to, unless this is the kind of movie that's a part of you, where you want to know what's going on, you want to support it in a movie theater, then I would say, hey, definitely pay for it. It's not going to be a waste of money. But could you see this at home? You certainly can. And I- I'm telling you, it's devastating. I'm just telling you now. Oy vey. Gosh, those are always a tough watch. Yeah, tough. Um, so now with that, mm. we go into the lighter side of things. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> right. So you'll tell us, and this is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Come on, my friends. Now, this is not a documentary. (laughs) Although one came out just a year before. (laughs) It did, so it's not that. This time we have, before I get to the cast, the director is Marielle Heller. Interesting choice for the director, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, She directed Can You Ever Forgive Me from last year. Remember that movie with Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Hmm. Now, it's written by Micah Fitzerman Blue and Noah Harpster. I love their names. And it's based on an article from 1998 entitled, Can You Say Hero by Tom Junod. It stars as Mr. Rogers. Tom Hanks. You know this. You've seen the commercials. Along with him in the cast is Matthew Reese. Oh, we love him. From the Americans. We have Susan Kelechi Watson from This Is Us. Oh, my gosh. And Chris Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, this will be in theaters as well on November 22nd. It will be everywhere. Yes. Um, tell us, Ref, 
Is this what I want it to be? You know, okay, so I, uh, again, I saw this at TIFF mm-hmm. and was able, it was the, the premiere at that point. No one had seen it uh, in a public fashion. I gave an initial reaction. You can go to our YouTube um, channel. Why watch that? And really dig in. You, I mean, you'll just, it, I kind of went on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I encourage you if you really want the, you know, passionate version that you can totally do that. If not, here's this first. As you said, it's based, this is loosely based on an article um, that was written uh, for a magazine about Fred Rogers. And to start this off, the movie starts off with very familiar choo-choo train. And instantly, everyone in the room was just like, (gasps) we all knew what that those the ring of the bells was and you you hear the train going and you see the the um the sign the miniature uh you know replica of i guess pittsburgh at the time and we are instantly transformed and transported back into mr rogers world and you're there in the studio and the door flies open and there's mr rogers via tom hanks and he looks like him, he feels like him, and he starts to sing, it's a beautiful day. And he goes through the entire song, he goes into his closet, he uh, hangs up his jacket, gets out his sweater and zips it up and you know, throws his tennis shoes as he's swapping them out from his <laughs> dress shoes. And he sits down and he tells us a story. And everyone in the room, you could hardly hear breathing because we have instantly been transported back to our childhood. And you feel good, you feel fuzzy, you miss Mr. Rogers, and this is beautiful. And the first story he tells us is of, you know, all these people, he he has this like tiny, um, not tiny, he has like a poster filled with people's faces, but he has has to take off, um, open the door and it shows this person's face. So he opens the first door, shows this person's face. Opens the second door, shows this person's face. Opens the third and the fourth. And then he opens another door and he shows, and then the movie changes. The whole movie goes, whop. And so all that warm and fuzzy, you see a picture. And I'm not going to tell you what the picture is. I'm not going to tell you the state of the picture, but you see it. And you're like, whoa, this is not Mr. Roger's neighborhood. Mm. We are inside something else. And he tells a story about that picture, which I won't tell you what it is. And then all of a sudden, you know what you're getting into now. This This is the point of the movie based on that picture. So then... Flash, flash forward, we are at some sort of ceremony and this interesting, you know, it's, it's a group of a bunch of journalists. They've all gathered together to honor one of the greatest uh, journalists of their time. And this is a hardcore journalist. This journalist is investigative. He digs in. He embarrasses people. He gets the scoop. I mean, he is just one of the best. And who could that be other than the reason why we're all here today? Matthew Reese's character, who is getting an award for his amazing 
you know, journalistic endeavors. However, we find out that Lloyd Vogel is also a jerk. (laughs) He's not a jerk in a sense of just being a jerk. He is angry. And why is he angry? Because he's had a tough life and you will find out why. So fast forward after this award, he needs his next gig. He needs his next assignment. So his editor pulls, the head editor pulls him into her office and says, I've got an assignment for you. Um, We're doing a piece on um, American heroes and we want you to do a piece. And he's like, what are you giving me this crappy piece? I don't want to do this piece. I want to take down, you know, something, some company. And she's like, no, 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 no. We need to rehabilitate your reputation because nobody wants to do an interview with you. So we're going to just put you on this piece. And basically everybody gets a hero and your hero is Fred Rogers. And he's like, what? And then he decides, you know what? Fine. If you're going to make me do this, I'm going to take him down. So that's the mentality mentality that Lloyd has. Now, Lloyd is married to um, Susan Lecce's character. Uh, He's got a baby. He also is estranged from his father, who's played by Chris Cooper. And we see an interaction between the two of them that is very interesting at his sister's wedding. (laughs) And that interaction leaves, shall we say, a mark on Lloyd's life and face. So he goes to Mr. Rogers, his first meeting, and he is absolutely enthralled by all of the hoopla and rushing around that people have in the studio and just how relaxed and focused Mr. Rogers is. Now, when he first meets Mr. Rogers, he Mr. Rogers is more concerned about Lloyd's face than he is why he's there to do the interview. And the once awesome interviewer then becomes the interviewee because anybody who knows Mr. Rogers is that you're the most important person in the room. And when he talks to you, he doesn't want to just talk at you. He talks with you. And Lloyd is very much put off by that. And it doesn't go so well. Now I'm going to pause. I kind of give you a plot by plot up into that point. But the rest of the movie is this hard shelled investigative journalist has to figure out is Mr. Rogers real or is he a character? Because if Lloyd knows anything, what you portray isn't always what's there. That's what life has taught him. And so the question then becomes throughout the movie, will we find out that Mr. Rogers does have some internal uh, issues in dark side that Lloyd unearths? Or does the interviewer really become the interviewee in this case? And you can probably sense what happens. Now that's the gist of the plot. I will have to say this. When I saw Mr. when I saw Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, you don't look at him and go, oh my gosh, that's Mr. Rogers. It's Tom Hanks with a sweater on talking, you know, in a way that seems to be Mr. Rogers. And so when I first saw that, I was like, oh, how is this going to sustain the whole movie? And then once you get into the movie, you realize Tom Hanks is really the supporting character. 
Mr. Rogers really, this story is really about Mr. Bogle and his anger and how to actually, how, how, how do we as humans really facilitate anger and not have it ruin our lives and spill over into our personal you know, lives and even how we see the world. And that's exactly what happens to Tom is that his whole, you know, I'm sorry, Lloyd, his whole world is challenged by Mr. Rogers. And so when that comes to play, the director, she, you know what I have to say? She was able to capture the essence of Mr. Rogers without us getting a biopic. Mm. It was actually what Mr. Rogers' philosophy was implemented inside of a story and how that actually plays out. Brilliant, brilliant move because then we get to see like the ripple effect of Mr. Rogers' interactions with all different kinds of people and how it actually plays out instead of giving us, this is what Mr. Rogers did. And when he came with this reporter, this is how the reporter reacted. Instead, it was more of an interaction of feeling. And the overall feeling that I have for this is that you should run to the movie theater to see it. Why? Tom Hanks does an amazing job absolutely an amazing job as Mr. Rogers. He plays this weird fine line between creepy and quiet resolve. <laughs> That's so not easy to do. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a bad thing because Mr. Rogers, if you know anything about him, was so slow to respond to people. Not because he couldn't understand, but he liked to give room in conversations and so it could feel really weird and creepy and the character of Lloyd certainly as a New Yorker as a hardcore journalist was not used to that and it was cool to see that flipped on its head and it I think it was a genius move by Tom Hanks but I also know that the director told him to slow down so they had to do take after take to say hey slow down let's let's just let this breathe and so I commend her for allowing it to breathe and I thought it was very daring and very much um, a contradiction to all the movies that we're seeing that are trying to get you to a point. This allows you to experience something. And I thought that was wonderful. Her use of sound in this movie, when you'll hear it, you'll hear some of the sounds, you know, um, Lloyd, when he's angry, will have a certain sound. And that was really genius because he on the outside is trying to be calm, but you know he's infuriating on the inside. And then when you put that with Matthew Reese's ability to be vulnerable and the work he does with his eyes and his face, it was a brilliant match. Now, speaking of Matthew Reese, he proves again that he can make anything, and I mean anything, feel right and real. <laughs> he is, it's what he says is just as important as what he doesn't say in this movie. Brilliantly played. The character needed vulnerability, otherwise he would have come off as 2D. Matthew Ruiz delivers, and if he doesn't get nominated, shocking, 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 shocking. Mm. And to pair him with Susan was absolutely brilliant. It was There was an instant family, instant chemistry. And then of course you have Chris Cooper rounding out the cast, who is the much needed dagger 
to balance out this movie. Now, I will say that when the movie tries to get lofty in its writing and it starts to float up into the air, the actors, was they were able to grab it and ground it. Hmm. And I thought that was, this is the best cast movie I've ever seen. Not one ever seen as in probably the last 10 years. Not one person was out of place. It was perfectly, perfectly cast. Even even Fred Rogers' wife, who is a spitfire. <laughs> so all in all, I'll say this. It will behoove you <laughs> to go see this in the theater and experience it with other people because there is this famous scene that I keep going on and on about. It's a scene that I'm not gonna give away, but you'll know when you get there. And they're in a restaurant, and that's all I'll say. And Fred Rogers asks something of Lloyd. But he doesn't just ask of Lloyd, he asks it from the audience. I mean it. Mm. He asks everybody to stop and do this. And then this thing happens. And you're sitting in the theater and you're like, whoa. And you'll hear sniffles. And you'll hear gasping and you'll you'll hear confusion like what did we just stop the movie yeah we did we did and you'll see how and how that plays out and what happens so i say run to the theater to see this this is one of my favorite movies of 2019 i am really rooting for it for the academy I, there is one other movie that um i really enjoyed this year i think the both of us got to see it and we both enjoyed it but this is of the top three this is definitely top three movies Wow, I am so excited to see this. I certainly will at some point. <laughs> and remember everybody, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, along with Dark Waters, will be in theaters on Friday, November 22nd. You have a lot to chew on in both. Man, oh man. There's also that movie Frozen too. Yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> That's a lot going on. Yeah. But there you go, everybody. So you have your choice. I'll see you for a beautiful day. I'll say that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.